Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 160 of the Picus Riley podcast. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Emerson. And joining me, we have my co-host, Anomaly. Hello. And this week, um, we've had a little bit of a roller coaster ride. Uh, if you are either a brewmaster or a mythic raider, or both, uh, so we've got a pretty significant brewmaster nerf to talk about, as well as the birth and death of the Scar and Meme Strat, uh, <laughs> which happens right around the time that both of us are looking at progressing Scar. So, oh. yeah. I'm somewhat unhappy that I have to do this fight the real way. Yeah, yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> uh, you want to just jump right into progression and we can kind of maybe talk about Scar in there? Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. So, yeah, so we had... um. We had uh, we had a rough week. I'll I'll just be pretty blunt about it. Um, yeah, we um we did our normal. So we finished off our final. So we did our final normal clear as a group this week just to get the skip. Um, did heroic. Those went perfectly fine. Um, finished off the remainder four pieces we needed, which was awesome. Um, and then got into mythic and had a had an okay mythic run. Um, had a little bit of a hiccup on forgotten experiments. Took probably about I'd say like forty five minutes to rekill them. Um, yeah. So a little little rough. Um, and then wiped to Rashok for three and a half hours. <laughs> oh no! Uh, and did not kill it. Um, oh no! Yeah, it was it was a rough. I think we're up to like something like sixty or seventy pulls on the boss, and it's just I don't know. Like, is it lava waves? It's so it's it's weird. It's a combination of that and then losing random people to the smashes like particularly the second smash of each phase and it's not the same person so it's like one time it's our priest the next time it's you know a shaman and like when we look at death logs it's literally like they avoided all of the incidental healing we're doing and like died to like a four or five k overkill (laughs) yeah right and so like we're we we had a, we at the start of the night we were having issues with like clears meaning like we'd have like people clear in, in wrong groups or wait to clear like group one would hold yeah. for like half a second after the call and then when they call group two you'd clear with eight or nine people instead of like I think the seven we have split right. like the three three teams so yeah um, we clean up that but then yeah we're still losing like one or two people to that and then we're also we're hitting the enrage unfortunately like oh no um, yeah I think our lowest percentage is like seven and a half percent. But we've had, yeah. I think, four sub ten percent wipes, and all of those are enraged. It's yeah, so, Ooh. it's uh, it's t- I mean, the it's funny. It's it's a ve- like I understand why people say it's probably the best boss in the instance, right? Like at least in terms of like I don't know, it's very highly regarded, and I understand why because it's an extremely tight healing check and it's an extremely tight DPS check together, yeah. and it's not, it's not really a mechanics check. Like the mechanics are super straightforward, so like. It's literally dodge fire, like move big orb thing out of the group and then like make sure you're in the soak, right? And like that's yeah. that's it. So the mechanics are generally very sim- simple, but like the combination and the order they come in is just like like where I think all of our healers are are pushing like 150, 160k HPS is a raid. We're over in a million HPS for the entire fight. Like yeah. it's just it's a ton of healing. And then like on top of that, it's like every piece of DPS matters too. So yeah, it's, uh, it's it, I would say it was fun about 20 pulls ago. It is now no, it is no longer fun. I'm like, just like nerf something about like nerf maybe the slam damage like with the soak or 
like nerf the healing absorb slightly and then like your i don't know it's good but yeah it's uh yeah it's crazy it's like we've yeah it's nuts mm. The second smash in the phase is a lot more dangerous because it like the first one, there's like 15 seconds in between the, the searing slam and the charged smash. Yep. So you have time to just top people up back up from it. But the second one, there's only like five seconds or something. It's a lot yeah. closer. Um, yeah, because it's the... It, oh, sorry. Uh, so last week we got uh, Forgotten Experiments down. Uh, that one took longer than I was expecting. And it wasn't like, it was mostly actually on the tank side. And it was one of those things where I had done so much prep for everybody else. Like I'm doing healing cooldowns and trying to help other people get prepped for it. And then just like, I just didn't do enough looking at the tank swap and like the cadence of that and what we needed. And in particular, uh, we did have a curse of weakness on the bosses. Uh, Our warlock, uh, one of our warlocks was was staying on top of that, but actually doing um, the rogue poison for the, auto attack speed reduction also was really big which we did this week and it made it significantly easier oh, so nice. definitely don't underestimate that like it's so much better than the three percent raid dr on uh unforgotten experiments but nice. uh then we yeah. sunk like 20 pulls into rashok last week okay. uh had a couple that we reached phase three but not really with like people alive with which to kill the boss gotcha yeah, I mean we've we've started where like if we if we lose a DPS in the first phase, we just wipe it and go next. Or if we yeah. lose a DPS in the second phase, or he, like if we lose anybody in the second phase and can't res them, we just wipe it. Like it's just Yeah. You're not making a check. Yeah, and it's it's weird that like it's the type of fight I don't want to spend too much long on this, but like it's the type of fight where like I'm excited that it's not a face roll fight, but it is like and I'm also happy that it's not a complete like miss mechanic and fail. But it, it yeah. kind of is in that like if you if you lose someone to like messing up a mechanic, like you're you're basically just not gonna not gonna yeah. have to push through. So it's a six and a half minute fight, right? So you have two resins to work with. Um right. but they have to happen like you get one of them in the first five minutes and then one of them in the last ninety seconds. Yeah. So you really do not have very much to work with um in terms of, of reses. So yeah. The lava waves in particular for us were definitely a thing. We weren't using enchanted dust. We're fixing that tonight. I've got I have like 60 of them in my bags now. I yeah. got Vicora to remind me to use it. Uh so yeah. We we started doing that too. Which was I'd say the other thing that really helped us was um was someone on point to call late waves. So like in a lot of cases, like people were missing like once you got into further away from like the original spawns, like you'd make your positioning. At least for a healer, like I'd, I'd position, see the waves come, put myself in a position where I can stand still for five right. or ten seconds. Because really far yeah, the, from waves and they just like get you. Yeah, they just come that. late because like now I was like the initial waves have passed. I'm like, OK, I'm safe. Don't need to worry about it anymore. And I sort of lose focus on watching that like late one come in. So we've we've had somebody start calling that, which I think is has helped. Yeah. So we have to be completely honest with like our, our wipes late in the night on Thursday were not to waves, but literally to either healing in terms of like Ooh. someone would die and like yeah. we just wouldn't top them and like they'd have no heals in their log or like the it was difficult on Thursday to look at logs and use details because someone decided to do a database update on Warcraft logs when we were raiding. <laughs> Idiot. Um, no, I'm joking. <laughs> but so we had to use details for a lot of it. So it was a little tough. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, uh, we just started losing people like on random, like on the second, like the, the second slams in phase two or second second slams in each phase. Just to like randomly not receiving any healing, like 
Yeah. No direct heels, no like incidental like bouncing heels, like you know, ground AOE stuff. So it was we have to fix that, but we're yeah. close. We're close. It's literally just getting everybody alive through like the the first slam in P3, and then the boss should die regardless of what we do with the next one. So Yeah. One of the things about this boss as well, actually, for phase three that we're we're I think doing for tonight. Uh, if you immune this charged smash, it prevents the damage. It counts for soaking it, and you don't get the dot. So in phase one and phase two, you get to clear the dot on the conduit, and that does a ton of very damage, right? But in phase three, there's no more conduit. You can't clear it, so you just have this really serious dot. Like each stack of the dot is 70k damage per tick. Yeah. So you, if you take both charged smashes with no immune or anything, you're ticking for 140k. Uh, and that's a lot on the whole raid. Yeah. Yeah, we, we we right now are immuning the first slam in P3, but I think we need to talk about it and try and immune the second one. Um, just because the first one, I think we have enough mana to heal the raid. It's like that second yeah. one, where, like all the healers are out. So like getting rid of any stacks on people just helps them live a little bit longer. So Yeah, I think we're looking at doing it. It, it kind of depends on the immune. Like uh, I think mages can do the second one, um, yeah. but like, you know a uh, hunter or something should probably do the first one because they can just prevent they can instead of having no stacks at the very end of the fight they can have no stacks for the first like two-thirds of the oh, phase sure. and then they have one stack for the last one-third of the phase and i don't know if that's necessarily better um i know i have bat like our our end of the fight is like crazy loaded with cds yeah so yeah, yeah. Uh, we we have uh, I think everything up. Every one of our three minutes is used in like the fi- the final like thirty or forty seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so our reclear this week went fairly smoothly. Like forgotten experiments took a few pulls. Um, okay. Still uh, less tank wipes this time, which was nice. Uh, one of the other things that I changed to make that easier is I changed which which marks the tanks had. Okay. Uh, we used star and triangle this week and it really is weird to be like, ah, yes, I changed which color markers we use, but it did make it easier to pick out in the middle of everything else going on, um, where the other player is. And I actually might go and replace the texture. Like you can do as like, one of the things you can mod in, in wow is textures. Uh I might actually replace the texture for the icons to have a border. So they stand out more clearly. Like you can, like take the texture file and like add a little black border around it so that it's it's easier to pick out against the background because that's really what my issue was like we had multiple wipes where just like me or my co-tank would die because we were slow on a clear just trying to figure out where each other was in all of the visual noise that's going on on that fight gotcha um so i might do that uh for next week although i don't know if we're actually reclearing next week which i guess brings us to scarn (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so we're pulling Rashok tonight. Uh, should fingers crossed. Like can't underestimate it. It's a hard boss, but hopefully killing it. Yep. Um, and uh, then there's Scarn. So let's talk about the meme strat. Um, yeah. So you want to? I guess. I mean, you, we should you go back to world, world first race, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, the in the world first race, if you watched either of the streams, whether it was Echo or Limits or Liquid, sorry, um, you'll notice right at the end of the fight, or towards the yeah, towards the second or quarter end of the fight, they seem to move the boss to the to the edge of the um, edge of the platform, 
with every trap in the arena activated, but the team was still able to stand and basically save spots along the edges, right? Which essentially is a geometry issue of like the fact that the traps themselves are like, I think, hexagonal. And there was the space. Circular. Oh, they're circular. Yeah. Sorry, they're circular. Yeah. But in the in where the circles overlap, the edges of the room, there are safe spots where need, the two traps closest will not hit you, essentially. So you have like a tiny little area to stand where you're not going to stand in a trap, get stacks, and eventually die. And so, you know, Liquid and Echo, towards the end of their fight, when the room had filled up, found that you could stand there and, you know, be safe and, and continue to DPS the boss, which was, which was fun. Um, that essentially, they, you know, other groups took that sort of strategy and essentially said, well, why don't we let the entire room fill up and then we can just stand and DPS the boss because the bosses have a berserk timer, right? And the only thing we have to worry about is tactical destruction, which is cast based on the boss's location, meaning what is tactical destruction every 90 seconds or so? It's about every minute. About every minute, sorry. Um, so basically just means basically means once a minute you drag the boss across the arena, everyone stays on their side in their safe spots, and then you drag the boss back after tactical discretion is is cast. Um, so yeah, so the other thing too is I guess, and I I don't I don't actually know about the bombs, but there was something with the way that that the bombs were triggered in the yeah. the mythic or the mechanic where like sometimes they didn't trigger because there wasn't a safe spot for them to drop without so, being inside of a trap, right? There basically was a bug, as best we could tell, and this has been fixed. This is one of the changes they made. Um, if you had no uh, no open spaces in the room, so like every cell was filled with a trap, uh, then they would just get scattered around the room, which obviously is super bad because you it's really hard to run around and clear all those traps. Like you either use bop to not take damage from the traps or you use spell warding to not, or to not take damage from the bombs or... Bop to not take sorry spell warnings do not take damage from the traps, but you can't use both because of forbearance. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be super bad. Uh, if you had only the low two traps like under the boss clear, then you would get all of your bombs there. If you only had one trap cleared, you wouldn't get any bombs. <laughs> it just yeah. wouldn't go off because it would like I guess like not put all four bombs in a single trap location and then just like well it wasn't all it also wasn't full so it would just like give up and not do anything um so that was the like basically by doing this uh, i actually did some looking last night as well there's different overlaps with like blast wave and uh the elimination protocol mechanic that's the the mythic mechanic the big red arrow is to like kill people um all of the overlaps with that happened in the first minute of the fight so the way that this worked basically is you would just like you would start the fight the same, just over on the side, dropping traps along the wall. Golems would spawn and you would completely ignore them. You would just let them fill the room with traps because you couldn't go to your safe spot until you knew the bombs were gonna either not spawn or spawn next to you. And so you would just let them fill up the room. And then you you'd do the overlaps with blast wave and elimination protocol and then tactical destruction and elimination protocol and then you go to the safe spot and there's no more overlaps for the rest of the fight uh spend the next 12 minutes there yeah because the all of the trap locations are already filled the golems just walk to the tanks so you just leave them down and you take the the gadgets or whatever that they drop and they you use them to clear your one trap spot so that you don't get bombs um, and then you like five tanks, 17 heal the fight and yeah. just like, 
there are literally like 15 minute kills of this boss um, because there's just no check. Like you could yeah. just sit there forever. And as long as nobody died and you didn't run out of mana, you could just live forever. Um, so yeah. So that meme strat kind of came into prominence on Monday. Um, I would say like is where it started getting posted about in the Raid League discord. There's a, uh, vod going around from the guild internet friends um doing the strat where they just go over there about 45 seconds into the fight and they just sat there for the next eight minutes and killed the boss um and people took it and ran um i'm gonna pull up the the ye old prog stats chart for this boss to kind of illustrate how crazy people went with this um so This is Skarn. For those that are just listening, this is a chart showing the number of kills uh, each day. And there's a very steep incline beginning on Monday when this strat was uh, was devised and publicized and all this stuff. And it basically just rockets up. It goes from like pretty slow, like a lot of guilds are working on Rashok, right? So they haven't even pulled Skarn. But then it just like on Monday, hard spikes. It this was just like the perfect timing for the strat to get get publicized because this was around the time that a lot of guilds were killing Rashok. Yeah. So they were all looking at Skarn, all getting ready for it. And it just so happened that on Tuesday, uh, when you know NA reset happened, this meme strat was ready to go for them. So they just like take it, kill the boss. And they hard extend for the rest of the year because they didn't actually learn the fight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just to put this in perspective, I think Internet Friends killed this at like uh, world like 60th, I want to say. Um, so on Monday and then from Monday until when the hot fixes went in, there were about 180 guilds have killed the boss. So I think there's like there's been 229 kills on this boss. The final two of those are of real strats. So 227 you know, pre pre changes. Um, so yeah, 62 to 27, about 180 uh, guilds have killed it between Monday when this was posted and, and Thursday when the hot fix went in, which is just a massive amount for a boss that like, to be fair, was a wall. Uh, yeah, like was a wall. Yeah. With the, the DPS check that people thought was there. And yeah. Um, yeah. So um, the other, so my, my, my guild has two raid teams. We have a weekday raid team and we have a weekend raid team and I'm on the weekend one. Um, the weekday raid team killed Rashok on Thursday. Um, 40 minutes later, they killed Skarn. <laughs> the the uh, changes that have been made to this boss, so I guess to kind of go through the hotfixes, um, they added traps to the safe spot locations, like mini traps, you know, uh, and those traps mean that you can no longer use the safe spot strat at all. Correct. Um, they also reduce the boss HP, the the blue post said 15% by 15%, as well as the golem HP by 15%. Uh, there was a second hotfix that went in after the initial nerf that reduced the boss HP by 25% total. Um, yeah, it was an additional 10%. So it was 15 yeah. in the blue post, and then when it went live, we saw it was, yeah, an additional 10% from there, yeah. Yeah. Um, as well as fixing the... Um, Fixing the bomb bug where you just wouldn't get bombs. 
Yep. Uh, and adding a berserk timer. And I want to actually like brief aside on this. Berserk timers are not generally like things that should be relevant for a fight. Like yeah. a real actual berserk timer is not there for you to hit. It's there to make sure it's like a fail safe for the kind of thing that happened on Scarm to make right. sure that you can't just like find a way to cheese it and spend 15 minutes doing an extremely safe, extremely boring strat. Yeah. Um, like if you look at like uh, Sludge Fist, Sludge Fist had a berserk. You couldn't realistically hit it because you would like run out of, of pillars and you'd break the, the room and everybody would die. But just in case somebody yeah. found a way to cheese it, there was an actual berserk. Um, which I guess you could technically get to on like normal or something if you just like went in there yeah. with a bunch of mythic geared people and just ignored the mechanics. Um, so this there's a berserk timer now at I think eight and a half minutes, and it's not intended to actually be something that you hit. You run out of space with the way that traps spawn. You run out of space at about five minutes and fifty seconds. Yeah. Um, other nerfs they reduce the number of bombs you get from four to three. Uh, and then buff the boss by making it so the tactical destruction is not baited on his location and is instead baited on they worded it differently but it's basically the largest clump of players um, it's so not exactly actually, that but yeah that's the worst change so I think yeah. that like of all the changes that's going to be the one that I think ends up being the most difficult to deal with because yeah. if you think if you think about it there's no way to like if you you basically now, I mean, understand you have to play the fight the way it is, but the, the 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 clearing of where you clear traps is so much more important now because you need to have not only where you're standing be clear, but where you need to go to get out of tactical destruction also be clear. Yeah. So like previously, like or previously the old way, you, you could probably still to leverage part of the cheese strat to like move the boss away and move the tactical destruction on the far side and only care about clearing like a specific area of traps around your raid. Yeah. Now you have to make sure you have two areas clear. And I Yeah. I, so the I think other that's thing gonna about, be like the biggest biggest issue. So yeah. The the other thing about this one, so like what this basically means is it's also a nerf to the amount of DPS that you get out of range DPS. Um so yeah. you, you would have before uh you would pull the boss to where you want a tactical destruction, and the range would just plant uh opposite it and just be able to DPS during that window. Now you have to have enough there between melee and ranged to bait the tactical tactical destruction on the side that you want. And then they have to run across the room. Um, and that sucks. Yeah. That, that just sucks. Um, so if you bring enough melee, it's not really an issue. Uh, we currently aren't, but we're making our evokers basically pretend to be melee. I think our rest of druids pretend to be melee and, and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, that said, the damage check on this boss after a twenty five percent HP nerf is actually not that high. Uh, so the the in order to kill a boss at five fifty, you need around one point three million raid DPS. Uh, and like our most recent kill of Kasara with a DPS dead for over half the fight has uh one point four five million, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's not that bad. Um. But on the whole, this just like the other team in our guild, in my guild, 
killed this in 40 minutes using the meme strat and we're looking at it now and it's realistically going to be about a four to five hour boss yeah like they spent a quarter of a raid night if that With we're gonna seven have to spend too by the way I just yeah looked at their log <laughs> yeah we're gonna have to spend one plus raid nights on this boss and yeah. that really really sucks yeah yeah, and I, I will say, I mean, I think that I think the fight had to be changed, right? I think yeah, the idea is like you can't leave something like this in the game. I think it's generally bad for the game. Um, but I, yeah, they didn't. The problem is, is they 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 did the opposite of what they did with Kalthazad, which was they never changed made it. it. Well, no, I think with KT, like they they made adjustments from the original strategy, which was like sit sit the boss at like four percent hp wait for cooldowns and then push okay. right yeah. like they made that change fairly early right like the problem with this change is they didn't and and i'd say like that kt change didn't i mean to be completely honest with you, it probably made the fight slightly easier right in the grand scheme of things right this doesn't i don't think make the fight easier right and i think the problem is is that like the cheese strat was so easy that you like any changes they made just to actually go and play the fight just yeah I think it ended up making it harder but they didn't i don't know i think they could have gone a little bit more into like nerfing this so that like from a reprog perspective you didn't have you know so much time to relearn it right yeah like, I, this is oh i guess we forgot to mention one of the most important things about this change uh the hot fixes to this boss happened friday afternoon yeah. and were announced thursday evening so weird too. You didn't get you didn't get a you get a full reset, which is just another. I think that's another thing too. Is like, right? I guess I. I mean, I guess the idea there is that knowing the like knowing basically at that point you had your two big clumps of teams that would kill it. Like you have your Tuesday Raiders, right? Who yeah would get to the boss quickly or progging on it and just reprog and clear it. And then you have your weekend team, right? And if you let that yeah. full group of people progress past this, like you're going to, I guess you're, you generally going to impact more teams is why they did it. I, I don't know. I, yeah. It's, it's a weird timing on it. Um, yeah. To change it like midweek. And then at the same time, you know, it, it's, it sort of sucks that this didn't come out in test. Like, I feel like this is something that would have come, like should have been in testing. And like, I don't know if it was ignored or like just overlooked. Right. But um, um, I mean, the boss kind of just buggy on testing yeah. like there was a lot that just didn't work there was a lot of stuff to figure out and even like the safe zone thing i don't think was fully um figured out until it, the boss was live although of course like none of us get to watch liquid or echo do mythic testing so we have no idea if they like found it and yeah. then we're like and eh, if we try and do this from jump you know they'll disable the boss and we'll lose our lead right right yeah because that could have been the thought. Like they could have figured out this this strat and then been like, "We know we can kill it without this, so we're not going to do it." Because doing it means they disable the boss. Like if you exactly. remember back in Nihilotha, they had Nizoth despawned mid pull on them because they figured out that they could just skip the mythic phase. Yeah, and the boss didn't have any mechanics until you did the mythic phase. So the boss was just a target dummy, and you just like sat there and DPS the boss. Right. Um, yeah. And. So by by despawning like by by doing that, the boss got despawned and they they couldn't yeah couldn't know, continue. They lost yeah. the lead. They lost like thirty minutes of raid time, um, and that would have sucked for this for them on this race because like Liquid was in the lead at the point that this boss prog was happening. Yeah. Um, but 
I mean, right now it's just really annoying because, you know, anybody that raids on the weekends is now just like arbitrarily like a raid day behind, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know there are a bunch of weekend teams that actually did emergency like overtime to get this kill <laughs> on Thursday, because if yeah. you actually got to it, it was very easy to kill. Um, and then once you're past it, you just hard extend for the rest of the tier. You never do it again. You come back and you actually figure out the real strat when you are doing reclear. But, you know, it's reclear at that point. Nobody cares about your reclear rank. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, if it, so, like, and we might have done that if they had announced this before Thursday evening. But on Thursday evening, there was no way we could put together, like, yeah, like a, team, a yeah. group to actually, like, we would have had to like extend our lockout, go kill Rashok and then kill Skarn. And we just couldn't yeah. put that together on like two hours notice. Um, and then they, they nerfed it the next day. So yeah. yeah, That's a, uh, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I, I think they need to change it. Um, we'll see. I having not played the nerfed for like having seen at least the nerfed version of the fight or the, the ease, like the cheese strap versus the fight. It'll be interesting to see. How much I enjoy this one more or less, right? Like having to actually play the fight versus just standing in a corner. Um, but yeah, I, and and I think ultimately, I think the the other thing too about this, I, I feel super bad for the designer on this one. So I don't know if you follow yeah. some of the Twitter stuff, but yeah, this was I think their first fight, like yeah. their first like fight they worked on by themselves, like they like they were the lead of, and yeah. like I felt so bad for them. I think primarily because like. You think about they put all this time into this and then they're like shit like the one my like if i would have just thought of safe zones around the edges of the room like this strat or doesn't if they become had a added, thing if they had added the berserk timer you pro you might have still been able to do it so one of the things about the meme strat is you actually took a lot more damage from from unstable embers doing it yeah um because it was harder to spread with them so you just ended up incidentally taking more damage from it not enough necessarily to make it so you could no longer meet the damage requirement like right. it would have been instead of three tanking, you would like five heal and probably still be able to do it. So a burst berserk right. at 830 wouldn't necessarily have made it happen. But, you know, there are other ways that could have done the berserk. Like if there are no more traps left in the room, it could just start doing tactical destruction yeah. on loop forever until you die. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah, yeah, there definitely uh, could have been yeah some some changes, but I definitely, I mean, ultimately, really feel bad for the for the individual because like they yeah. seem like they put a they were really excited about it. A couple of their tweets before the race or before the raid opened, they were like really excited, and then yeah, they see this and you are just like, Ugh, yeah, that's yeah. Rough. I mean, I, this boss is not a pleasant boss to tank. So I was <laughs> uh, like, uh, my raid lead was was really looking forward to this boss because it's like a neat strat prep boss it, it has if you think about the different like mental models for bosses you have like dance bosses and you have uh area like management of area denial bosses and you have dps check bosses um and and overlap bosses and this has elements of different ones of those the main yeah. one that it is is like the, the management of the area the space the play space that you're in uh and it's got a little bit of dance and a little bit of the checks and and all this other stuff. Meanwhile, I'm over here like, I don't want to tank this piece of garbage. It's just yeah. not a good tank fight. Um, yeah. We are still, like we're going in tonight, we are still planning to three tank it because the damage check is not that high anymore. Yeah. Um, and it just means that like, 
so we're playing two blood decay alts so nice blood decay is also just hands down like a million miles away from being like good at doing the bombs (laughs) because you can't death strike from range exactly yeah you you just go soak the bomb take 70 percent of your hp and damage and then can't do anything about it yeah yeah god yeah that'll be rough yeah i I think we'll we'll end up three tanking it but we'll have we'll have a paladin alt tank i believe and then a warrior and then then our dk so yeah we were we were gonna have a a paladin off spec and then we realized that we had a a mistweaver that could off spec brewmaster that lets us have uh, a main dps stay dps because we're for healing it anyway so yeah. that that simplified some things and that le- lets us keep without having the tank our my co-tank is on on protection pallet in this tier yeah. without having them on protection that actually allows us to keep ret aura and um and devotion aura so nice yeah. very cool very cool yeah we'll have to i'll next week we'll definitely have to talk about it. hopefully next week i'm talking about actual pulls on the card and not hypothetical still- pulls yeah, yeah, still wiping a rash ox. So. Relatable, relatable. Uh, hopefully, we get to spend some good time on it tonight. Like it's the kind of boss that, as well, you could just yolo a kill on Scarn because basically, from about like two minutes in, it's just the same stuff over and over again. And if you get good trap spawns and you don't have people accidentally kill each other with eliminations and you bait the ta- the the tactical destructions correctly. Like you could just YOLO a kill. Yeah. Uh, but that's kind of like everything goes right, like magical Christmas land kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> In yeah, practice, sure. it takes more time than that. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. But no, it'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see once we get to, once we get to uh, a chance to actually do it. So um, kind of excited, kind of not. And then, yeah, Magmarax is a, what, 10 pole boss after that. So it'd be nice to. Uh, don't underestimate that one. There are some people talking about it in the Ridley Discord. Um, yeah. And they're like, yeah, well, so we killed Scarred with the meme strat and then we spent 60 pulls on, on Magmarax or something Jesus. to kill it. Like, yeah. make sure that you are ready for that and you know what's going on. And you know, like, we're, we're one of the things we're sorting out right now, um, kind of on the on the officer side for this boss, is like, when do we start sacrificing people on the big soaks? You yeah. know, that kind of thing. Uh, we have, like, a singular spell warding, so we can do one of them. We have, like, a little under half our raid has immunes, so we could do some like clever things where we're like, if you have an immune, you just go immune and you come back, and we can like prescript you and and stuff like that. Yeah. So definitely like having been on the other side of underestimating quote unquote <laughs> easy bosses, don't do it. I will. Uh, no. I will keep that in mind. We'll don't do it. Mind. We spent far too many pulls on the eye of the jailer. <laughs> don't do it. Fair enough um well cool well yeah that was on i think that was the sakarn and sort of progression so um that was the big change and yeah honestly this doesn't happen too often well i shouldn't say it doesn't happen too often but um this this amount of like major changes to a boss i think yeah to to curtail a specific strategy is not very not something that happens very often but uh but yeah um but cool um i guess we can talk a little about some topics that occurred last week or some some new stuff that's in um, and some things I think we didn't get a chance to talk about the week before. So um, first up is uh, not really a retail thing, but a WoW thing in general is uh, the WoW token has been added to Wrath Classic. 
and people are upset. Um, so Blizzard uh, sort of released the the token. If you're not familiar, it's the it's a way for you to either you know pay money to buy a token. You can then sell that token for gold, and you get gold essentially exchanging real money for gold, or vice versa. You can buy a token with gold and turn that token into either game time or I think Blizzard balance too. I don't think the classic token can be turned into BNET balance. Okay, I think so it's, it's just different in that time. way. I think it's just game time, which is the case when the WoW token actually originally launched. It was just game time. You couldn't get BNET balance. That was added later. Gotcha, gotcha. So, um, so yeah, so you get uh, you get game time for gold, basically. So if you play the game a bunch and want to use your gold to not spend real life money, you can do the the opposite side of the transaction. Um, so this has been in retail for a while, um, and you know has been noticeably absent from classic i think it made sense classic wasn't the type of game that needed this um but in wrath they um they've added it and um blizzard sort of added it didn't really say anything people on the internet it just like did, appeared one day yeah people on the internet freaked out i think funny like my my best moment was looking at the wow classic reddit and they have a rule that's like you can't talk about private servers or like exploits or anything like that they're like immediately like because blizzard can't be an ethical company we're like removing this rule and you can post about private servers whenever you want and literally like yeah. For the next like six hours, it was nothing but private server posts at the top of WoW Classic on Reddit. It was yeah. hilarious. So like, I, I just want to like brief aside on that. Private servers are scummy as hell. They're worse. They have like, like actual cash shops you can spend money and get power. Like it's like like you can literally thing. buy gear. Yeah. Um. So full full context. At one point in the distant past, I worked on a Burning Crusade private server, right? And we were probably like one of the most ethical in terms of cash shops you couldn't buy gear you could buy levels you could buy gold you could buy a customized item but you had to have the item already so like if you wanted your war waves to have like your name on it or something it, you could get it customized right like people people gotcha. gave of these stuff uh, but you couldn't actually buy gear but a lot of others that were around in that era and that still exist some of them under different names under the same management you could just outright like buy your tier set, you know, buy your gear, buy your best in slot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So pri- private servers, uh, not exactly a paragon of ethics and morality. Um, I still don't super like the WoW token in general. Like I, I understand the reasoning. Basically, it's that you. It's kind of like um, maybe a weird analogy. Like people talk about like abstinence only sex education. Yeah. And it's like you you can't stop people from banging. So, you know, it's actually way more effective to just give them contraceptives and give them condoms and stuff like that. You can't stop WoW players from buying gold. So you might as well just give them a safe way to do it. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that's and and Blizzard sort of actually gives a really good insight as to why it's coming to Wrath Classic and why it wasn't a part of the earlier thing. So they give sort of the the typical reason, like you're mentioning, of why the the WoW token exists. I mean, it's it's generally to a lot of people point to oh, it's to, to stop bots from being a thing. People will always bot WoW. It's not always just to farm gold. Like there are other reasons you do it. Um, but the idea is like a lot of the gold comes from like compromised accounts, like accounts getting hacked, like. Yeah. Stolen credit cards, right? Like people just will 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 steal credit card and do credit card fraud stuff. So there's a lot of other issues around, like the illicit sale of gold or like the that sort yeah. of transaction that that the the token sort of curtails, right? Because as a person who like 
for me, if I want to buy gold in Wild Wrath Classic or in Classic, like I would have Googled some shady site, given my credit card information, and hopefully I got the gold and hopefully my credit card didn't get stolen, right? Like that's like right. the, the fun part about that. Yeah, um, fun. Definitely fun. Yeah, the fun, the, <laughs> the the interesting thing about, hey, are these people like straight, like they're not going to steal your stuff. So this sort of stops that, gives you like a, a, a sort of a blizzard sanctioned way to, to, to use real life money to get gold. And the other thing they talked about too is the fact that like, um, in classic, right, and even in Burning Crusade to 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 sort of a lesser extent, like the economy was such that like things were so rare, like reagents were rare, like the the materials to craft things were so rare that like the idea of maintaining a character was to play the game and to farm that stuff and to like if you yeah. wanted pots and flasks, like you could do that where the game has sort of gone away from that being an activity where like just logging in and doing some random activity like dailies or something else, you will accumulate right. enough gold or materials to sustain yourself from like doing the actual, like more difficult content or the content you want to do. Yeah. So like farming turns less about literally farming materials to like farming items or like farming a goal you might have of like collecting mounts or like, you know, right. like doing all the raids. So it's just a, a different focus. And I think retail plays a lot like that. So um, that's the other reason they thought it was appropriate in Wrath to do it is because like gold is not as important with respect to like your player power as it was in classic. Yeah. So there's another element to this that they didn't mention and they probably specifically avoided mentioning it cause it would have, um, caused even more drama. Uh, but there's no way they're not aware of it. So one of the th activities that is extremely popular in Wrath classic is what is known as a GDKP uh clear of a raid or gold dkp and if you know if you're not familiar with dkp is it's just it's dragon kill points it's points that you know people used to use that you would kill bosses and you would get some points and you could spend those points within your guild to bid on gear to just get the gear well a gold dkp is instead of getting the points for killing bosses you spend gold yeah. And so people it's it's literally like a, a precursor in a way of the modern retail like sales runs where people sell mythic runs and things like that. Um and they you could make a lot of gold on those. Uh Yeah. We we dealt with them a lot like I dealt with them quite a bit it, through work stuff like people use Warcraft logs as like uh you know a means to figure out what cuts should be for running a gdkp and like they split the pot that they get from people that bid on the gear and and all this stuff um and there is zero chance that most of those runs did not have real money trading going on for yeah. that gold zero percent chance like you you could probably run a couple of of like lower value gdkps and not run into rmt but like there are people that I've done like character merges for and stuff that they have like 10 GDKP clears that they do a week on different characters. And it's like, holy crap. Like when you start getting to that scale, like I, I'm not saying that they necessarily were involved, but when you get these GDKP runs, they're like every week, same person's running like multiple of them a week. And you are getting into that point the same way that the retail like sales services got like Gallywix, like, got yeah. nailed for real money trading because when you just reach that scale people go hey i don't have gold but, but I, i'll give you I 200 bucks yeah yeah exactly and that's i mean 
yeah, that's the other thing that people sort of also pointed to in, in a lot of the comments. And I think the 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 funny thing is, is like, I, I don't think GD, like people get upset about GDKP, GDKP runs in classic, right? And it's funny, they're not as prevalent in retail, I don't think, which is. You don't which see is GDKPs. Like, it's, it's just sales instead, basically. And yeah. I think it's a lot because you can't actually, like in classic, you can pug a, a uh, group to sell GDKP runs basically yeah yeah and it's basically just, with it's, a ton of buyers yeah you you just don't do hard mode in ulduar on most of the bosses because it just doesn't drop that important difference in loot and you can just like clear the raid and it's fine yeah you can't pug mythic sales in no. in retail you can sell like keys as a as a pug and people do that but you can't really like that you get loot at the end and it's personal loot and yeah yeah so yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, I mean, I think people point to that. I mean, from my point of view, like that's a community thing. Like, like the idea is like, there's also the ability to just pug a group, right? Like do like soft reserve or like, you know, do just a random pug. And like the problem there is like, I, I read a post actually this morning about someone who who runs their own like runs like that, that aren't GDKPs. Like, and that person was just like, if a person gets the boss where their item drops and it doesn't drop or they don't win it, that person just leaves the raid. And now we have to like replace them. And like, it takes hours. So like, yeah. While a GDKP run, you have an incentive to stay to the end because you get gold. And like any other type of run, like there's no incentive for you to stay to the end if you, like the bosses you need, like the, the last two or three bosses you need from an instance don't drop loot for you, right? Yeah. Um, and so like that's the other thing of why I think that's all they're also probably popular. I know from at least in the classic era, um, it's just because like it keeps people on the raid till the end because you have an incentive to stay there. So it's like, yeah. I don't know. We're kind of getting a little bit off, getting a little bit off topic, but I think the idea of like the WoW token in Wrath Classic has probably like less of an impact to all of those things. Like the community would still run GDKP runs. People, to your point, will still buy gold. Like it's just now. Now those GDKPs will be funded off of WoW tokens instead of off of real money trading as much. Uh, I mean, I guess it's technically still real money trading. It's just like Blizzard sanctioned real money trading, right? Yeah. Um, And I mean. If you don't want real money trading in your video game, then it sucks either way because you're still getting it. Um, and yeah. now it's like socially acceptable to to do it, right? Like, yeah, I mean, in the same like, way that people can like buy a mythic end mount in in retail by dropping a thousand dollars on Blizzard tokens for the gold. Yeah, I mean, I like I sold things for real money in Diablo too, like. Like it's just like I sold items that dropped in Diablo two, which is not an online multi like it's an online game, but it's not like massively multiplayer. And like, yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those things where like you if if there are items that people want and they're there's willing that you can trade them to them, there's probably a market somewhere <laughs> to yeah. sell those items, right? So yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, I, I will tell you though, just full circle, the Wild Classic Disc- Discord did reinstate the rule to stop uh private server posts. So those are no those are now banned again lasted about 24 hours but it was a hilarious 24 hours because like immediately <laughs> yeah. it was just like hey come play on this private server we have a cash shop that while you can buy some items for money most people don't it's just like come on dude like yeah just play the official stuff so um yeah. also well, private cool. servers in addition to being scummy also buggy as hell although at this point they probably worked through a bunch of the like wrath era bugs probably yeah. But there's a lot of quests and a lot of phasing issues that even actual wrath has. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, cool. Well, moving on. Um, uh, another thing that's happening right now uh, is there is a Diablo 4 event going on. 
Uh, inside of WoW, you've probably missed it because there's literally nothing that tells you what's going on unless you read something somewhere. Um, but every 30 minutes in either a zone or a capital city, um, it, it, this rotates, uh, there will be a goblin that spawns and you kill the goblin and you can get loot. There's like a 36 slot bag you could get. There's uh, Tyrell's Charger, which was the mount that was given out for the Diablo 3 event. Um, and then you could get these things called charms, uh, which basically uh, went in your bags and granted you stats, which is a throwback to uh, like a Diablo 2 era thing where like charms are dropping Diablo 2. You keep it in your inventory, you get stats based on them just being in your inventory. Um, the fun thing with these charms, or really maybe the anti-fun thing with these charms, is they worked everywhere when they were first dropping. So, and it's not a huge amount. I think it's like you got a hundred main stat, a hundred or three hundred stamina, and or like some armor movement speed increase. It was like minor and increases. Mana. The actual biggest one was the the mana one. Yeah, gives you like twelve k mana, which is actually twenty five percent more mana or something like that. So it's actually that one was actually sizable. All the so, other ones are like sub one percent gain. Yeah, and the mana one had an interesting interaction with hybrid classes because it added to your base mana. And most of the oh, way, right. most of the way healer specs work when you have a hybrid class is the healer spec is multiplicative of the base mana. Right. So, like okay. for I think it was for priests, for priests, for shaman and paladins, you were getting sixty thousand ish mana. It, it varied depending <laughs> on what the ratio right. was, but yeah, um, for the healing specs and those, not the 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 DPS specs. And actually, I think. Yeah, for Shadow Priest, you got negative mana because Shadow Priest has a like mana reduction on it. Um, like their mana pool is less than base. Um, so they did the reverse. But in any event, yeah. So these charms worked in instance content. It was cool. It was a reason to interact with the event. Blizzard turned all that off. So they no longer work in raids, Mythic Plus, or rated PvP, only for outdoor content. So it's more of a flavor thing. Although I will say, get the mount if you're going to farm these things. Um, get the mount because Tyrell's Charger, I think, is a cool looking mount. Um, it is cool looking. It is also gloriously low poly. Uh, I, that's why I love it. It's like that invincible. It's just like there's 12 polygons between, I think, the two of them. So, um, but yeah, no. Uh, so there's also weak auras. And I think there's a weak, there's weak auras for this. So you know the timing. It'll tell you exactly what city it's going to spawn in. Um, like I said, it's every 30 minutes. You'll hear, you'll see the portal on your map. And then five, I think five minutes after the 30 minute, the actual goblin spawns. You kill it and you get loot. I need to do this everywhere. So, like, if you're Horde, you can go to Stormwind and kill it. If you're Alliance, you go to Orgrimmar. Um, and even level one characters can get involved. So, any character can kill anything and you'll get yeah. So There was also, so back in Legion, uh, when Reaper of Souls came out, um, there was a Diablo event there. And you could get a Tome of Town Portal Hearthstone toy uh, that in order to get, you had to get 10 scrolls of town portal plus something else to assemble it into the tome. Uh, and back in the day, I got nine scrolls and never got the actual item to combine them. Oh, no. Oh, um, no. So uh, these, the current event actually just directly drops the tome, or so I've been told I haven't gone and farmed it yet. Gotcha. Um, but that is another thing you can get. So that's something I'm going to go and work on. Uh, probably just going to go and, and do some lazy, like killing goblins after raid or something. Just kind of like post raid veg out, watch some Netflix, kill some goblins. Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah it's fun. There's, I think there's also, um, I don't know if it's all the time, but there's like a happy hour where, so like typically um, you're only going to see a goblin spawn like once per every 30 minutes. 
Right. But in certain cases, I think it's in Valdrak, and every time Valdrak ends up or once a day when Valdrak ends up, it's a happy hour where goblins will spawn every five minutes for that 30-minute block. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so it's find out one of those, and you can kill them, you know, multiple times every five minutes, basically. So, um, so cool. Um, all right, the uh, the next thing was actually something that we didn't really get a chance to talk about last week, so it's a little bit of a, a holdover, and it's but it's something I wanted to talk a little bit about, which was the, the Evoker Legendary. So when... I think we talked a little bit about the Evoker Legendary and the fact that, like, I think it's super cool. I think it's an awesome way to, like, introduce Legendary items. Super fan of it. Um, but they did add something that sort of unlocked for the rest of the world or rest of the region when you complete that quest, which is the ability to, like, pick up a pet. So there is a moat of Nazoro uh, that is sort of a pet that can drop, but you have to run around the world and, like, loot these little uh, Orby things that then you combine into the big Orby that's your pet. Right. Um, so WoW had, I think the secret discord, uh, figured out where all the locations were, um, for the pet, but, um, you know, WoW had as a post up, you can check out, but I think it's, I think it's cool when they like add fun things that the like the community as a group can interact with, not just like you getting the item to drop. Right. Um, along with, I think the, I think the evoker legendary, I think any legendary like the evoker legendary, like thunder fury was back in the day or, um, What's the other one? The Ragnaros weapon, Sulfurous. I think mm. like the idea of like having to craft a legendary and it being limited is super cool. Like the Rogue Fangs are super cool. Antiche from Classic, super cool. All those old legendaries. Uh, you know what's not cool? Legendary cloaks from OP, not cool. Legendary rings from Legion, <laughs> not cool. Legendaries from actually was rings were, were rings not were Legion. wad. Rings were wad, not cool. Legendaries in general in Legion, not cool. Legendary's last expansion. Do we have Legendary's last expansion? Not yeah, the we crafted did. ones. The crafted ones. Yes. Yeah, not cool. Those are dumb. This thing, cool. No. <laughs> I'm just old. I don't know. Yeah. Um, old man yells at Cloud. Exactly. Exactly. Um, um speaking so, of clouds, uh, so one of the things that we talked about a little bit, I don't know if it was last podcast or the one before, is some data mining from 10.1.5 about dragon riding races in the old world, dragon flying in the old world. All of which had been unconfirmed, but data mined. Uh, there's now been a blue post basically saying, "Don't get your hopes up. This is not for 10.1.5, but it is coming." Uh, yeah. So we don't know when. We don't know uh, what the final form is going to look like. There's data mining of uh, dragon riding races and achievements for that, both in Outland and in Kalimdor and in Eastern Kingdoms. Um, but basically we have confirmation that it is not coming in patch 10.1.5. So yeah. got to keep waiting for that one. Yeah. So we're, yeah, that's, I mean, it's good that they've sort of acknowledged they're working on it, which is fun. So like, again, you'll be able to use your old mounts to, to dragon ride elsewhere in the world. But what is coming in 10.1.5 is dragon riding to Kalimdor at least. And so. Is it? Released... I thought they literally said that they weren't going to do it. So the post basically says that um, the the mounts aren't being expanded in ten one five, meaning like you you still you can dragon ride, you'll be able to dragon ride in Kalimdor at oh. least. But you won't you'll only be able to use the current dragon riding mounts. What they what the what they said is that they are working to bring dragon riding to other mounts, like your older mounts, um, to to basically be able to dragon ride on them. Are you um, sure? Am I? Yeah, because that's yeah. not what the post says. Yeah, I mean, I, so then the next post, the next item that we're going to talk about was that in 10.1.5 on the PTR right now, there is the Kalimdor Grand Prix, which has Kalimdor dragon riding races all over the place in Kalimdor. 
And yeah. I've done some of those. <laughs> oh, okay. So like you can definitely at least drag and ride on the these PTR events. in ten one five. Okay. Yeah. 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 For at least these events. So interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um Weird. but yeah, okay. so I don't know I don't know if this makes very it confusing messaging it. from Blizzard on this. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah, because now I'm also rereading that post and thinking, huh, I agree with the way you read it. Where it, personally when I read it, it was like, oh, the new yeah. mounts are gonna be dragon riding, but yeah, yeah it seems like it's not anywhere. Anyway, I have done some of this on PTR because I was on PTR testing some evoker stuff. Um fun for and, fun. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it's it's more dragon riding in new zones. And I literally like the race, like, again, if there's a feature that, like, changes the way WoW is played or, like, the way that I think of WoW, it's this feature in terms of, like, so yeah. much fun. And the fact that, like, these races are so, I feel like, I don't know how much effort it is to actually build them, but from the outside looking in, this seems like a very low effort thing to just add to the game. Like, hey, in patch 10.1.7, we added five new dragon races to, like, some zone somewhere. And like yeah. I'm stoked for that, and like it probably takes maybe a day of time to like implement and test, right? And so, at least in my game developer head, right, which I've never done that before, but in my head it doesn't seem like a lot. Maybe it is a ton <laughs> of work, but it it seems like not a lot of work for like a ton of value in terms of just like adding on to it. So, um, plus, oh man, dude, I I haven't done the note, I haven't done the Mount Hygel race yet, um, but um. But like flying around iconic areas of wow, oh gotta be so cool. Anyway, sorry, I'm gonna. Not little... that you can't do that right now. Yeah, you but just not can't like do it on a dragon riding mount. That's true. That is true. That is true. Um, but uh, it'll be cool as dragon riding. Um, so yeah, the Kalimdor Grand Prix is coming. Um, which you know is a set of races. It's a like a quest line, and you get points for competing in it, and then you can use those points and tokens to turn into uh customizations for your dragon mounts and then also i think it's a there's a full transmog that gives you like the dragon riding uh like like uh outfit from this the the dwarf what the dwarf for in the cinematic the opening cinematic for okay yeah for it's that like sort of like brownish leatherish looking thing so um so that's really cool um and then the other thing too data mine i think this may be the last one of the last data mining things that we're going to talk about is they did, there has been data mining on Outlands dragon riding uh, achievements. Yeah. Um, and so there are achievements for Outlands uh, dragon riding, which is, which will be interesting um, to go back to Outlands, which is like, I will say personally, the one set of zones I skip anytime I level. Um, and I, yeah, there's something about Hellfire Peninsula and the lack of like thing, like, I don't know, it just, I did not have the same nostalgia of going through the dark portal for the first time and be like, wow, this is cool. Like I hated Hellfire Peninsula with it with like a passion. Um <laughs> with, a, so, with a burning passion, you might say. Yeah, with a burning passion. Yeah. It's also probably yeah. why, like, when I leveled originally in Burning Crusade, I went all the way to Zangermarsh because you you could start the intro quest in Zangermarsh at 60. So yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah. Um Yeah. <laughs> uh switching gears a little bit. Uh, we have uh, Mythic Plus changes, more of them, smaller ones, but more of them, as well as uh, the Brewmaster nerf. <laughs> Let's get these Mythic Plus ones out of the way first. Uh, just some like real light changes. There's a nerf to Forge Master Gorak, which is what is typically the third boss done mm -hmm. in um, Neltharis. Uh, they didn't nerf the thing that actually needed nerfing. They 
they didn't nerf the thing where he goes to the anvil and he like kills your entire group over three seconds. No, they nerfed the the blazing ages dot, which is like barely a thing in comparison. Mm -hmm. So that was neat. Uh, and then in Uldaman, they nerfed Bromax uh, Quaking Totem Health, which was actually needed. That was actually a really good nerf. Uh, and then in Vortex Pinnacle, reduced the health of the Skyfall Nova. Again, just an ad that you kill, reduced its health yep. by 10%. Also needed, still needs more. Uh, that thing is not okay. Um, but, you know, it's it's a little bit more playable now. Um, and also kind of in that Mythic Plus vein, we have another one of the new affixes this week. We have Incorporeal. Yes. So I put this in here because I wanted to talk a little bit about this one. Um, in that it's it's not that bad. Like you can put together a group comp that makes it really bad. Okay. <laughs> Monk is really good at this. Paralysis is super like paralysis is just always up for it. Oh. You can just parrot it every time. It's instant, it's got good range. Basically doesn't cost anything. Um, and if you happen to not have paralysis up, you've still got kick and leg sweep. And if you're a panda, your panda racial also works. Oh, good to know. Which you should be a panda if you're playing monk. No, that's a bad idea. Um, yeah, so I was gonna say, like in court and like I think the thing is is the the best change they made was like once you apply the CC, like the mob essentially becomes immune to damage. So like you're not gonna inadvertently Ooh, break yeah. the CC, yeah. right? Um yeah. That's super good because yeah. I did a lot of like, oh, there's an incorporeal. Product. I'm just going to drag the pack over to it, hit paralysis and just stand there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know when I the first like key or two I did, I was like, oh, no, tank, please move. I'm going to use paralysis here, but it might get broken. So I have to be ready to like stun it right afterwards. Um, but yeah, it became it was super, um, super. I mean, it's just it's it's definitely an affix that you have to pay attention to because it will spawn on bosses. Um, so like if you're not paying attention to it, it can get out of hand, but as long as your group's on top of it, I think it's pretty easy. Um, right. So the group comps that are not as good at it, um, are the ones with lots of death knights and warriors because yeah. they can't do anything really, uh, to like permanently deal with these. And there's no like lockout on the mobs casts. So just interrupting yeah. it doesn't do anything. They just immediately start casting again. Yeah. Um, so well, there was a hot fix. That about... allowed priests and death knights to use dominate mind or control undead to um, to CC these, as well as allowing warriors to use shattering throw to just actually outright kill one. Basically, um, I mean that's a three minute cooldown, but it, at least you could do something, right? Yeah. Um. Anyway, that was breaking the game because then the like if you control undead. And one of these things, it was applying its 50% damage and healing reduction to enemy mobs, so you could make bosses do literally zero damage. Um, which is obviously so super good. good. So good. So good. Uh, <laughs> so this hotfix got ripped out. I expect we'll see it come back uh, sh soon this coming week. And just, like, make groups with, like, two Death Knights and the Warrior actually able to, like, do this affix reasonably well yeah you have to you have to work pretty hard to not be able to do this affix reasonably well um like it's a very niche group cop that can't actually handle this right um, yeah but death knight is very very bad for it right now yeah unfortunate unfortunate um well cool well i mean yeah it's, I, I will i just want to say like incorporeal not that bad whatever the what's the entangling one not that bad so new affixes aren't they're not terrible, so. 
But now onto your onto the broom. I didn't realize there was a brewmaster nerf. I thought you guys were doing. Oh, you missed this. You were. I I said it in the like when I put together the notes this week. I didn't know that was a thing. So, so this was this was uh an eight to fifteen percent nerf to brewmaster damage. Oh, okay. How did that happen? Um, so weapons of order for those that aren't familiar with it stacks up this damage taken debuff that stacks up to four times at four stacks. It is, I think, 38% or 36% increased damage taken, um, from the brewmaster and it wasn't whitelisted. So all of your trinkets and stuff also worked with it. And in particular, uh, it lasts like 40 seconds. So if you had double on use damage trinkets, you could put both of them inside of every weapons of order window. Uh, a lot of them have like two minute cooldowns, so you could just do that. Like if you if you look at beacons to the beyond from this tier, manic grief torch from last tier, a mm-hmm. um, bunch of these trinkets you could just line up and have them do basically forty percent increased damage, um, which is a lot. Uh, we actually, as brewmasters, rely a lot on borrowed power for damage right now. Uh, the onyx ring does a huge portion of it. The embellishments do a huge portion of it. Uh, Krog Tusks and Forge Storm do a lot of it. Jarn does a lot of it. Like the list goes on and on and on. Um, anyway, they whitelisted Weapons of Order, and now none of those get affected by it. Oh no! Um, oh no! So that the the nerf is not equally distributed. It depends on how good your trinkets were. Basically, how hard you got nerfed. If you had like Grief Torch plus uh, Beacon you get the biggest nerf. If you gotcha. had basically anything else, it's a much smaller nerf. Um, it, but everybody gets some degree of it because everybody basically is using the Onyx ring. It's so easy to get. It's so powerful. You just go get it. Yeah. Um, but like if you were running, like if you had the BIS setup, you have, you know, you had your Onyx ring, your Aeronog ring, your uh, slime boots, your toxic patch to make the slime boots twice as good, your Krog Tusk, your Forge Storm, your Beacon, your Grief Torch, uh, yeah. your Weapon of Chance, and your Potion. All of those, like, the, the Trinkets were the big one. Those were literally just doing 40% more damage because you use them inside your Weapons of Order window every time. Um, all the others, there. like, you, you basically had this 40% damage amp up, like, a quarter of the time, so it's like a 10% nerf to all of those. And uh-huh. those are, like half of your damage so it it works out to like depending on how good your rng was it, it worked out to like an eight percent damage nerf for a lot of people gotcha gotcha so it's pretty significant um pretty pretty significant damage nerf uh not quite i haven't looked at the stats actually since the nerf i guess i should pull those up and just see how things are faring from from this week um let me do that real quick. I'll pull up. Uh, maybe we'll look at like Rashok or something that's that's nice and single target and doesn't have a lot of uh, uh-huh. a lot of memes going on. But um, Brewmaster still represented well on like Rashok Mythic, uh, round like third DPS on that fight. But this is over the past two weeks of data on Warcraft logs. Um, so it still includes stuff from before the nerf. Uh, mm-hmm. We won't be able to fully see the impact really until next week. But realistically, we're looking at, at potentially dropping down to fourth and tying up with like Protection Paladin and Protection Warrior on this fight. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, 
no compensatory buff, which is interesting. When other specs got hit with this, they got compensatory buffs to right. increase their damage to make up for what they lost. Brewmaster is probably actually the hardest hit by this of everybody. And no buff? <laughs> like, the only one that maybe was hit harder was Vengeance. Yeah. Um, and Vengeance was basically just fire stuff going with Fiery Brand Damage Amp. And... Uh, so you could stack a bunch of that, but it's it's I don't know. It wasn't quite as powerful as Beacon to be to be on. I don't think. Gotcha, gotcha. So yeah. Anyway, that was that was that, uh, that happened on like Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. 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 Ooh. A little bit of a mess. Yikes! I'm sorry. That's rough. That sucks to to like. I mean, I think it's potentially the right thing in terms of like cleaning up like an interaction that we don't see that you don't see like across the board like with other tanks or like other just specs in general like typically trinkets aren't buffed by our abilities right like the on you yeah. stuff um so it brings it in line with that sort of idea but yeah it's it, it hurts and it's such a huge nerf right to you guys yeah right? i um, mean but then there's like i i fundamentally like don't like this philosophy I'm, the ship has long since sailed. They started doing this stuff in Cataclysm because they gave a bunch of classes like percent elemental damage masteries. And then you had like a, like I use the Frost Decay example. You have a, a, a trinket that does Frost damage. You can, just cannot have it do plus 100% damage if it's used by a Frost Decay. You just can't. Yeah, yeah. Um, So that ship sailed a long time ago, but I still don't like it it ends up with like weird things where you still as a blood decay actually want to use a lot of trinkets and stuff while you're standing in death and decay, mm -hmm. uh, which is high uptime. So it's not exactly the same, but death and decay right now just gives you extra stats. Any stat buffs that you have from your class still buff your trinkets. So if you get, um, you know, versatility or critical strike chance or something from your mm -hmm. uh, class, a lot of those do benefit trinkets. Some of them don't, especially crit. The crit ones are sometimes whitelisted. But if you just get like a passive crit boost as a stat, like a, a node on your class tree or something, it's just free. You just, your stuff crits more often. Like there's yeah. there's no like whitelist on that. It's not just only your spec or class abilities crit more often. Um, yeah. It's like the guaranteed crits that they tend to whitelist. So that you can't like guaranteed beacon from beyond a crit exactly yeah yeah um, yeah yeah it's true yeah it's i'm not i'm not a huge fan i'm not a huge fan i understand like on a like technical level why i understand that there's like limited developer bandwidth right they can't just be like oh we're gonna sign every spec having like perfect masteries that don't have any of these really silly boring like versatility but for frost damage kind of benefits um but it i i don't know it it removes an element of the interaction between your kit and your items it just makes itemization more boring yeah like the fact that weapons of order was a two minute and you could line it up light up all like it's two minutes it lasts 40 seconds that means that double on use is like way better for brewmaster than than a lot of specs double on use in particular with like on use damage trinkets because you could just get 40 percent more out of them Mm -hmm. that's an interesting bit of itemization that changes from spec to spec. Um, but again, like the frosty K example or 
even more recent just vengeance demon hunter with increased fire damage taken on targets with fiery brand yeah right you look at something like the trinket from denathrius that did fire damage getting a bunch of extra damage off of that through the interaction with that uh talent i mean it obviously isn't intentional but it, it was neat yeah yeah, Gives you a reason to use that trinket instead of, you know, random dungeon trinket that does physical damage number 327. Yeah. yeah. I think the problem is, is like, you kind of have to take a, yeah, it would just, if Blizzard doesn't take like a, like a common stance on it, it then yeah. become, it then becomes in like the player's mind arbitrary. So it's like, why yeah. does Brewmaster get to keep this cool thing? But you nerfed. And we did like, see that they nerfed a bunch of these other spec uh, interactions yeah like two weeks ago at the start of the tier and gotcha. then nerfed brewmaster this week so it's in line with other recent changes i don't like the the underlying philosophy that is that is having this like i, I like the ability of items to interact with your kit in in yeah. ways that gives you more from the stuff you've got but like I guess I would rather be consistent, and that means nerfing weapons of order, but I would rather be consistent in the way that I like, which is not nerfing any of them. Yeah, let them all, like, yeah, yeah. just live, yeah. No, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. I, I had totally lost this one. I didn't realize that was a thing, so yeah. I um, I missed this completely, so, wow. Sorry, sorry, Brewmasters. Misery has gotten no nerf, so we're sort of just chilling. Been nice past couple months, so... um. Well, cool. I mean, does that, I guess my question would be like, does that change, does that change if you use weapons of order or not? Or is like, oh, you I, still use it. It's just a crazy use, okay. good ability. Yeah. It's okay, super gotcha. good. You just, yeah, you always use it. Gotcha. You um, just, lo you is, just lose like the, the huge upside, like the, the damage yeah. upside of it. It's okay. still, and there's still things like, um, so I'm currently using the erratic spear fragment or whatever it's called from, um, from Neltharis because, I've done like 30 Neltharis and still have yet to get Forge Storm. Uh, but I've got one of those. I've got actually like three of those. <laughs> is, for, is Forge Storm the weapon, by the way? Yeah, it's the weapon. So uh, just a quick aside, as you say, tell a story. I'll let you know that our tank, who doesn't run many Mythic Pluses, ran 120 on Thursday. Got and it, got or Wednesday, it. Got it. Yeah, I was <laughs> talking with him about it. Uh, so yeah. one, of, one of their tanks works for Warcraft Logs as well. So I was talking with him about it on Friday. Uh, Dude, yeah. let you know, literally like walks in first run, <laughs> drops. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry. <laughs> it sorry. sucks. Anyway, um, so yeah, still haven't gotten one. It gives crit, so it's still worth using that in weapons of order, right? For the same reason, a lot of the stat trinkets are like that. So it doesn't really remove the ability to like. It just changes which trinkets are like stackable. Good, yeah. So, like, putting that huge crit buff inside of Weapons of Order is still better than using them separately. Yeah, uh, so, I still want to do, like, you know, set up my Weapons of Order damage buff, Spear, Bone Dust Brew, Exploding Keg, Spin to Win. But it's, I mean, it's just, like, not Beacon from Beyond. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that's a... That's a rough, it's a rough situation for you guys. I mean, I'm glad it doesn't like like kill the talent for you, but yeah, yeah, that's rough. Yeah. All right. Um. Well, cool. I I I had one final thing. I just wanted to bring up just as a an aside thing. Um, 
before we sort of, I know we're getting close to time. Time's all weird today, but I think we have about 15 more minutes, 10, 15 minutes left. So, um, so one thing that, that wow, I did a post on it and I've probably talked a little bit about this in the past, but there's a tool, like this is a tool out there specifically for healers. And it's basically a, a tool that has sort of evolved over the years for how you gear your, your sort of class of healer. So like, if you don't play healer, like DPS, and I think tanks also leverage SimSeer, simulation craft, right? Um, to do yeah. a lot of their gearing, understand what stats are best, what items end up being best, right? Um, and that's good. It's it's not easy, but it's easier for those classes to do it or those types of classes to do it since they'll have like a set rotation, right? Their, their rotation will generally be set. I think it differs if you have buffs or different things, but in general, you can build a set of abilities you want to press in a certain order that do the most damage or I don't, tanks, I guess, also sim for damage so that, that do the yeah. most damage, right? Um, yeah. For healers, you can't do that because... There's not generally a set rotation of you will always hit these certain abilities in this order because damage isn't the same. Damage taken by a group is not the same every time you take damage, right? Every fight will be slightly different. Um, and so the idea is like from a healer perspective, typically in the past, we would leverage things like, you know, larger spreadsheets that gave you what your stat weights are. And then you take those stat weights and you like incorporate them into like what items end up being best, right? And like um, yeah. things like that. Um with the advent of, I mean, I think it's kind of the biggest thing with the advent of like multiple item level sources of gear. <laughs> uh, and the fact that like, I think in general, we just wanted a better way than to give someone a, a bunch of like convoluted taking logs from spreadsheets and copy yeah. and paste them in and like having your own version of a spreadsheet that you use to, to do this, right? Um, you know, it eventually came to the point of um, like this gentleman or individual I guess you could just say gentleman, but the individual by the name of Volk putting together a tool called Questionably Epic Live or QE Live for short. And so the idea with QE Live is it takes sort of all that idea of how to gear your character and all the sort of the math and the theory crafting behind what stats I'm being best for a healer, puts it into a like basically a website that you sort of input your gear and it spits out what gear is best for you <laughs> based on your class and based on the two biggest trigger points or toggles are basically based on uh, dungeons or raids are sort of the, the biggest difference because for certain right. classes it spits it out differently um so i had to post on this but i also wanted to highlight like if you as a healer have any questions about gearing like qe live is basically where i point pretty much everybody like generally speaking um i think there's two great things about it the tool is is kept up to date um really across every healing spec um so like volk or you know other members of the community because it's not just him anymore like other people who contribute do a bunch of work behind the scenes to like build these models or build this sort of model for how to evaluate gear. Um, and then this, so that's a good thing. It's constantly updated. I think the second factor too is like Volk's one of the most approachable people I think you can find. And so if you ever think something's wrong, just ping them and Volk will answer you, <laughs> right? Like the idea is like, I think they take, they take like the, the action of the tool pretty seriously. So the idea is like, if you don't think something looks good, um, you can check it out and you can use the tool honestly for for everything so like the nice part is is it does take it can take uh simulation craft like or sim see the add-on output and you can put it in the web page yeah. and sort of to build your gear set automatically for you you can also do it with your great vault so you can open up your great vault type slash sim c and get that output while your great vault screen is open and it'll tell you what item to pick from your great vault uh which is best or you pick like i did at the end of last season a bunch of like socket things to, to add sockets to items yeah. Um, so yeah, it's really cool. I mean, it's constantly updated. Um, and it's a really easy way from a healer point of view to figure out, 
um, what gear is your best. It also does have included uh, some other other areas. It does have a upgrade tracker, upgrade finder, which I think is similar to like Droptimizer for DPS, where it'll tell you like from what items, for what encounters, on what difficulty level are upgrades. Um, and you can sort of set sliders of like, I only do heroics, I only care about heroic updates. I don't care about mythic yeah. upgrades, right? Um, and so that's a really good point. And then one other thing that's coming, uh, which I, it might be released by the time you're listening to this, it might not be, is the ability to import if you use WoW Audit. Because WoW Audit, have you, if you have WoW Audit, you can input like a droptimizer string, I think, for DPS. And it shows you yeah. percentage-wise what the percentage upgrade for item is. Well, healers are about to get that integration. Um, that's awesome. Soon. That's yeah. That's nice. We use it for handing out mostly heroic loot. Um, mythic mm-hmm. loot tends to be a little bit uh, scarcer, so we spend a little bit more time on it. But for heroic loot, we use a lot of uh, droptimizers in the WoW Audit sheet to hand out a lot of the the more fungible items. They're just like you know, it's an item. It has stats on it, kind of thing. Less the uniques and the trinkets and, and that kind of stuff. But yeah, we, we use it even for Mythic, not to give out loot, but to see who needs to be in the raid. So, like, we'll build raid comps. Like, once we have things on farm, we even, like, in Mythic to, like, see who needs to be in for what bosses. And, yeah, for farm, we'll, then, we'll do that, yeah. too, for Mythic, yeah. Yeah, but, um, but no, it's, it's an awesome tool. They also, I mean, outside of just, like, the gearing side of things, they do have, like, a cooldown planner that's in beta that's slowly coming out. I use it um, all the time. That I like, yeah. It's a. It's basically lets you put in a log, and it'll just show you where people use cooldowns and align it to what boss ability it is. So you can sort of quickly see um, yeah. how people are using things versus doing it in Warcraft logs. Um, um, I think it struggles a little bit with how you think about specifically Invokulon, the new Invokulon build, uh, yeah. the kind of like smart alignment for it. Puts it like if you have back to back abilities that are around ten seconds apart, you might hit Invokulon at one of them but the actual healing from it is eight to ten seconds later the like big burst of healing after you've done your ramp and you've got mm-hmm. everything set up and you're assuming and you're vivifying um that happens later so it it, it can put the yulon at the wrong spot um if you use the smart ones so i've been using the precise one to try and figure out where our, our yulons should be going for our raid team gotcha um, yeah yeah it's funny i typically always use precise because yeah. i also like we I also use like Viserio's sheet to like put it yeah. in there, and I, I like to adjust like phase timings too, because yes. like sometimes yeah. phase timings are important um, for certain yeah. things. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a honestly just really wanted to shout it out here. I think it's really cool, and, I, and we've been getting with a lot of people moving into like playing Mistweaver and having like gearing questions and things like that. It's like the idea is this helps you just figure out what's best um, in general, though. Like for healer gear, particularly if you're still like leveling up and gearing up it's like take the highest item level stuff you have because int is yep. still like your best stat by a like not by maybe not by a mile anymore but it's still going to be more than likely your best stat so um, yeah which uh, is probably yeah so what the out of curiosity as we kind of like wrap up here yeah. what the what eye level are you up to i am 441 i want to say equipped or in bags equipped oh my god so I will say that I I have gotten extremely lucky with so I think a couple of things with weapon drops and yep. with trinkets like and I mean I got so so yeah so I have 444 and 441 trinkets which are really good. I have all 441s on the right hand side of the screen so that includes gloves, belt, um pulled pulled a belt from my vault this week. Um nice. 
And yeah, I think the only thing, actually, to be fair, I could be slightly higher. The only thing holding me back is I still am wearing my Onyx ring at 424. Yeah. Well, um, I, I'm wearing Onyx ring. Apparently, I accidentally unequipped my Onyx ring, which I need to go and put back on because that's really bad. I need to put that on. Um, gotcha. So it's like Onyx ring, that's 424. Aranog ring, that's 421. Um, I have yet to get a belt, actually, of any variety. So I'm still wearing a socketed belt from last season. Oh, jeez. Um, so that's 415. Uh, and I have crafted bracers from last season that I haven't upgraded yet because that's that's a spark, right? I mm-hmm. did a, a high-budget piece instead of upgrading the bracers because you can put... Um, I put Toxic Patch on the bracers. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. At low eye level just because, like, it doesn't scale the toxic patch does not scale with item level so you can just put it on a low item level piece that i had lying around gotcha um, yeah i think my two crafted are the cloak and then the offhand that are so i have both those at 447 so oh and then of course all-star world quest trinket drug bar rocks at item <laughs> level 411 trinkets Jeez. real good by the way real good that's hilarious yeah, I think I I'll have to check I'll have to check our we call I call it the slacker sheet, but our like wow audit sheet. I think in general, like I'm one of the I'm like in the top ten from a guild perspective in high level. So nice. Nice. I've I've I'm I've really not. lucky. So because yeah. after you factor in all those items, I am I level four thirty five. Oh jeez, yeah. Uh, but yeah. I'm not actually sure how much higher I can get without um. <laughs> without unequipping the rings and the drag bar rocks and all this like i think i have to upgrade some of those in order to get a higher eye level but i definitely am not replacing the rings uh yeah. hopefully i'll i did i ran uh so dragonfire bomb dispenser from scarn is just like the second best drinking for brewmaster at basically any eye level so i ran that boss on lfr normal anti heroic this week trying to get it and got none rough yeah we did we did one I think we did one LFR run this week for one of our healers to try and get Rashoks. Yeah. Um, but yeah. We got an LFR Rashoks. That's pretty neat. We have oh, nice. now three, I think, of our healers have Rashoks. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully, if we kill this boss tonight, we will have four. Nice. I think I we are... When we kill this boss tonight, right? When. Except when you kill it, exactly. I think exactly. we have four for us. So we've gotten, funnily enough, gotten way too lucky with... Uh, Oh, with that we had, trinket. We had oh. terrible trinket luck until this week, and then we got like two ominous trinkets from Forgotten Experience, Heroic, and Mythic. We got uh two Rashox hearts from normal and heroic, and then the LFR run got a third one. So we oh, actually nice. might have four now. Although one of those might have been a duplicate, because our normal run was like just just off night for funsies. Um and then we got what else did we get? We got some other good. We got another dragon fire bomb dispenser that went to a DPS. Um, oh, nice! And just like, and some of that's because like I'm playing Blood Decay on Scarn. Putting a dragon fire bomb dispenser on me is less valuable than putting it on somebody that's in on Rashok and Scarn and Magmarex. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm about to be perma on, like on. I would be perma in the raid because our our only other monk is rerolling to DK. Ooh. So yeah, our Windwalker, I think, has finally had enough with the fact that the remainder <laughs> of the fights are nothing is... but single target fights, and Windwalker's yeah. not the best of those. So yeah, yeah. they need they need to give us more uh, more spiders, more medium spiders, like the ones on um, 
wow, I'm blanking on the name, the spider boss from Vault of the Incarnates. You all know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, because Windwalker could delete those. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what was the name of that fight? Sac- Sakarath? No, that's the... Senarth. Senarth. That's it. I knew it was an other... S. I knew it was yeah, an S. Yeah, it was an S. I almost did the same thing, though. Just <laughs> calling it Sakarath. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but yeah, cool. I think... I think that is going to about wrap us up for today, right? I think, yeah, uh, it's about a 90 minutes. We didn't get, so I will say, I do want to talk a little bit about the lore, but maybe oh, we'll do that next week. We'll do that. We can do that next week. We can do that next week. Yeah, yeah, time yeah. Now. But we, we're going to bring back lore corner. I haven't actually finished the campaign yet. Okay. There's uh, some so exciting stuff. There's some exciting, exciting stuff. stuff. So. Okay. I have the yeah. quest. I haven't done it yet. Yeah. Um, you need to kill yeah. Sarkarath, by the way, to do the campaign, to finish it. So LFR well, folks you- were a little upset about that. Oh, yeah. So to get the final step, you actually have to have, had yeah. to have killed Sarkarath. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that is going to be it for our show today. Thank you all for watching and or listening. And if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to support it and the other work that we do over at the peak of serenity, you can do that over at our Patreon at patreon.com slash peak of serenity. And of course, come and join the discord. It is the best place to ping anomaly about questions about gearing so that he can just direct you to QE live and or ping folk for you. Exactly. <laughs> Send you the link. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's going to be it for the show today. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye.